We'll go with it and we'll make Eric fix it in post. Hello, world. I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to the 129th Church Mag Podcast. It's a tough question because you're sacrificing family or you're sacrificing the congregation's needs. I know too many times we have worked our people to the bone in the holiday season. This week's podcast is brought to you by Church Mag Press. Church Mag Press has all kinds of awesome resources, ebooks, stock photos, and more. Check it out, churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. And while you're there, be sure to download the free whychristmas.com nativity pack, as well as the free carols by candlelight service booklet. That's churchmag.press. This week on the podcast, Jeremy and Phil answer a question from Podcast Land about Sunday morning church services on Christmas Day. If you'd like to tell us what your church is doing this year and why, use the CMAGCast hashtag, email us directly at podcast at churchmag, or submit your question by visiting churchmag forward slash riddle me this, and we'll talk about it on an upcoming episode. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to a uh, weird episode of the Church Man Podcast. I'm Phil Schneider, and I'm here with Jeremy Smith. Say hi, Jeremy. Hi. Uh, Eric Dye is AWOL because he's a traveling man, and uh, he's been everywhere, man. He's been everywhere, man. Crossed uh, the Italian shores, man. He's been everywhere, man. That was a very poor um, Johnny Cash joke there, but <laughs> I just felt like going for it. And this is why we have to have Eric with us at all times. Um, Eric truly does own the dad jokes in this group. He does. He does. And it, it helps us do our job better because then it's low-hanging fruit for us. <laughs> if we can't make you think of a good joke, we'll just make fun of his poor jokes. So, we miss you, Dad. All right. Well, anyway... Um, Today we're going to do a a, a riddle me this. We've got a great question from uh, Curtis Bland, frequent question asker. And, um, you know, Curtis is not getting any special favors here. He's not getting any any special treatment. His questions just come right through and they're really good. We ask, we ask, we read his question off and we do our best to answer it. So um, if you guys got a question, please send it in to us. We would love to pretend to answer it to your satisfaction. So. Uh, Curtis's question was, Christmas will be on a Sunday this year, so will New Year's, by the way, uh, this uh, this year, and some churches are going to want to have service and some will not. Thoughts? I will throw it to you first, Jeremy. Yeah, this is an interesting question, especially whenever you take into account church culture, because I know I have my own answer, and that does not actually agree with some of the people, even as we had asked this in the back channel of, should we or should we not do this? Um, my own thoughts personally is that as not acting in a pastoral role right now, I'm like, go for it. Why not? What's, what's the big deal? Even though I've been in youth ministry and, and own that piece of it. Um, I think it's, it's a tough question because you're sacrificing family or you're sacrificing the congregation's needs. Um, I decided to make it an easy easy out for me by going on to a church communicators website and just see uh, forum and just seeing what they thought about it. So I pulled the entire forum and I got about 200 responses. And whenever I asked the question, I said the church needs to be open or we need to be celebrating time with family. And I actually got 139 responses saying we will be open. Um, most of the time, though, that being open was not just a typical Sunday service. It was much more um, taken down. And so it was going to be a little bit 
more personable because they weren't expecting as many people. And then 63 people, so almost half of the people said they are going to not be having church. They are going to just be celebrating with their family. And they would have some kind of pre-recorded thing or a DVD thing so that every everybody else could be worshiping together, but with their families. I'm... In the in the grand scheme of things, I'm actually more for the celebrate with your family kind of person and have a service the day before or the night before. That's my own bent for myself. What about for you? Well, uh, you know, it's weird. I as a kid, I know Christmas came on Sundays a few times, but I don't remember ever having church or ever having to discuss it. I should say, um, not until I was like a teenager. So maybe I just wasn't aware, just didn't care. I don't know. But my dad was a pastor. I mean, but he still is a pastor, um, but not at a local church. And I remember a few times, like one time when I was in high school, he's like, we're going to have church on Sunday, on Christmas Sunday. And my mom's like, great, you have church. I'll be at my parents' house. <laughs> because, you know, in her mindset, we have church every Sunday of the year. Every holiday, there's church. So Mother's Day, she's at church, away from her mom. And in our area, Mother's Day is a huge church day. I'm sure it is in most areas. Because most most areas, you know, mom's the the figure most associated with church in a family unit. Um, so like, everything we do, we did around the church, the ministry family. And my mom's like, no. My kids get one Sunday a year where they get to be kids and not be a ministry family. So that was a unique perspective my mom had, and I kind of appreciate that. No, my dad didn't disagree with it, but I'm sure my dad felt pressure from other people to have church on a Christian holiday. However, I think a lot of this boils down to this weird dichotomy we have in this modern age of to make something holy, it has to be a church. You know, to properly give something to God, it has to be in the church building. And that's where um, uh, our, our theology is off. And we... It's sad that people, that Christians who've been Christians their whole lives, cannot um, do something spiritual in their own homes. They have to have a pastor lead them in that. And then maybe that's a, I don't want to get negative in this podcast, but maybe it's a failing of our discipleship as a, as a national church, you know, that our, so many Christians cannot function one Sunday on their own. And it's a little bit sad. So this, this year, we will not have church on Sunday. Now, it's not necessarily because my pastor and his family need to have family time. My, my pastor's a lot better at taking time for him and his wife and his kids. Not to say my dad was bad at it. My, my dad was just a workaholic, and you know, he probably copped to that. Plus, um, our church was smaller back, smaller back then, so there wasn't as many people around to pick up slack if he would take off for a week. So just, you know situations, that's not the pressing need right now. For us, our need would be volunteers. If we had church on Sunday morning, we have average weekly attendance of between 300 and 350. If we had church on Sunday morning, of Christmas morning, we would not have the 60 or so volunteers we need to make things run. Now, we could get away with certain things without those. So we could probably pare down our volunteer needs to about 35, but even that I think would be a stretch. And it would be a situation where, on Christmas morning, we are stressing people out to get things accomplished to have Sunday morning service. Um, then the question is asked, well, could you just do a family service where everyone's in the sanctuary together? And, yeah, we sure could. But then, so now we're having a service that's far below what we usually do. So it's Christmas morning, and we're having our, quote-unquote, worst service of the year, you know? 
Whereas on, on, on Easter, we actually have an upswing of volunteer help because we do two services and everyone comes out of the woodwork to help because they want they want their friends to come someplace they can they can hear the gospel. Easter is a great outreach service for us. On Christmas, no one goes to church in our area. No one outside of the church community. You know, what I'm saying like there's no there's no culture of everyone goes to Christmas on or goes to church on Easter and Christmas. No, folks go to church on Mother's Day and Easter, and that's basically it. There's two different conversations here, and, and let me address the elephant in the room, at least as far as whenever I had posted this on there, that we had that person, and it was just one time out of like a hundred different responses as far as comments of people that this guy had said, but wait, aren't you supposed to celebrate Jesus? Aren't you supposed to be at church whenever you're talking about Jesus? And so it was this quick Jesus juke, and I clarified with him, so are you being sincere, are you trying to prove a point? And he said, I'm trying to prove a point. And I said, okay, shut up. And, and it's just this mentality of, um, for him, that you have to be at church. And if that's the case, that's the case. But then there's this whole guilt and shame thing that just does not work. That's not the reason for the gospel. So be careful when you have those comments. That being said, I think that the... I think that there are two different mentalities that I started to share in the back channel of the church we're at right now. There's it's big enough that there's very few people there that we would say are um, great friends and we have no family there. And the second one, the second church that I've experienced was when I was younger and my dad was leading the church and 80 percent of that was family and everybody else were friends. And, and so whenever you have that second scenario, it makes sense to go to church because you're spending time with family. Whereas that first church is, it is about family, at least as far as the way that Americans have per- created the, the service. And so what does that process look like? Do you want to go spend it with a bunch of sometimes strangers or do you want to be spending it with family? And so I feel like that's the dichotomy in this setup. I, I think, I think it makes perfect sense to me, Jeremy, you know, um, let's be clear that the first century church would have been a collection of people who were saved in a community and it would have probably been made up largely of families and their, and, and their, and their familial and friend networks. So going to a large building, like in your case, going to a large church um, with relative you know, amount of strangers would not fit that pattern very well. Uh, um, and I'm going to back up off the, um, let me go from a pastoral perspective here. Let's, let's think of this way, because this really is a question. This is not a bad question to ask us. It's not necessarily in the church tech wheelhouse, but we are, uh, many of us engaged in the front lines of ministry. So, you know, we've got the experience here. What my church is going to do this this coming, this year, on uh, Christmas Eve, we're going to have a service. Now, even having a service on Christmas Eve is a bit of a gamble, because people in this area, like, my town trick-or-treats on October 30th and 31st. No one does that. No one, no one in my area does that. Just my town. So I feel like my town will take a holiday and expand it four days, okay? <laughs> so, like, my Walmart right now has Christmas decorations and Halloween Halloween stuff. Like, we, are, we go full tilt on holidays in this area. So, 
Uh, on Christmas Eve, we're going to have a service. It'll be like probably three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Now, what we usually do is the sun the Sunday before Christmas, so like the twenty third, twenty second, twenty first, somewhere in that wheelhouse, wherever, however close it is. We have a thing called Carols by Candlelight. In fact, actually, I believe we've got a. Um, a resource on Church Mac Press that I wrote last year and in conjunction with my pastor and my brother that we we did at our service for um, for, for Carol's McCandlelight. And we, uh, we've done this now for, we've done the Carol's McCandlelight service for a few years. In the past three or four, we've put a little more pageantry into it, doing, doing re- um, theatrical readings and that kind of stuff. This year, we're going to scale it back again. And I think it's a good idea because so many times church programs, church events, you only ever get bigger, you only get bigger, quote unquote, and better. And the problem with that is that b- bigger isn't always better. And that bigger becomes ubiquitous, and then you get into this weird loop. So we're, we're going to um, scale things back this year and do a Christmas Eve service that will kind of serve serve as our Carols with Candlelight service, but also a real church service. So our Sunday morning and our Christmas our Christmas carol service will combine on Christmas Eve on Saturday. That way we'll have church that week, but we also won't have to deal with as much volunteer needs because... Kids are more likely to sit in a Sunday morning or a Saturday afternoon service because they're not as tired because Saturday afternoon, not Sunday morning. And with Christmas carols and fire, i.e. candles, it's a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. It definitely is a difference from the norm, which I know always invokes a little bit of a different reaction. I, th- I know for just liturgical purposes in general, whenever you're able to kind of visualize and and change things up that can completely create a new atmosphere and so they become very memorial and very um, momentous and i think that that's very helpful in that process as well i think i think the ultimately the conversation is have a reason for why you're doing it and for the people that decide that they can make just spew comments just for the sake of it saying why it is that that it's that way because the last thing we need is more hate about why you're not doing church correctly. So I think for me, that's a big one. Yep. And I think, uh, too, is a, if you're a pastor or part of a pastoral team, um, discuss what's best for your people. If your calendar at church is already full, and usually usually between October and December, it's very full because October you've got your trunk or treat events. Um, or your or your harvest parties, okay. Um, then there's uh, you know, your Thanksgiving, and some folks do Thanksgiving services or, or whatnot. Um, we have a we have a whole service decorated to, dedicated to decorating our church, so that's a big deal on Thanksgiving. It's a ton of fun. Folks come out for that. We do a we do a light meal. It's a lot of fun. And then you, know, you get Christmas. You get Christmas series. There's usually usually a lot more decorations going on, stage de- design, um, more songs perhaps in worship because you're throwing Christmas carols and whatnot. It's a it's a busy month, and I know too many times we have worked our people to the to the bone um, in the holiday season. So giving them that that Christmas morning to just relax. And to you know we we have we have infused Christmas with so much pressure, and there's no evidence that the early church ever celebrated Christmas. It celebrated Easter for sure, but by but Christmas we we put Jesus back in the manger. We make him safe and controllable once again. So I think if we if we teach our people how to worship on their own in their own homes in general, 
especially Christmas, we're doing a better better job um, discipling than we have been, and I think it will play well this holiday season. I'm going to take more of the stance of I don't think that there's a wrong answer unless you just don't decide to give it an answer. So for churches that decide to go ahead and do it, I mean, you're still giving the opportunity for the volunteers to serve. And so I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, especially when the culture is there and you're not forcing anybody to do that. Um, I would also say that if you decide not to, it doesn't mean that church has to just abruptly stop, especially with the technology that we have of pre-recording something. And then when you go to live stream, it is just the live stream of what you had previously recorded, especially for people that already attended the, the candlelight service or whatever else you're going to do beforehand. And so you can still have a unique message for people to appreciate to experience and to be able to worship together. I think that it's still possible even with that. But if you decide you have to be together and you have to have a community where you're worshiping in that process it doesn't have to be a full service it doesn't have to have all the hoops i know a lot of different churches that posted on that forum said that their worship pastor was not going to be part of it and so literally they were just going to sing a couple hymns without any kind of background music and it was everything was going to be acapella which is a my worst nightmare and then b um still an absolute option and and those you know what's cool about these kind of moments is that christmas can give you time to experiment so like we're going to do a christmas eve service and we're going to we're going to make some use out of our christmas carol service and experiment with with it a little bit but like you said you can you can practice you can you've got enough time now where if you don't stream your services you could figure out how to stream that one service or how to stream a recording of that one service even one year we had snowed in and my pastor did from his macbook and his kitchen table did a 10-minute devotional we call it the Snowpocalypse devotional. And he just did a little thing from his table. If your pastor has the time and you have the time, which you, by the calendar's you know, estimation, you do, tape a Christmas service. Put him in a sweater in October. Put him, put him on the stage and tape a little sermon. Keep it in your back pocket and then just stream it out. Or if nothing else, put it on, put it on YouTube. You know, just make it available. Tell folks on Christmas morning, this will be there. You can stream this, so you can watch it at home. You can watch it if you've. It's almost got to work on Christmas. You got to work. You can play it on your phone. Whatever. It's, it's using technology to bless your people where they are. And I think Jeremy, you're right. The the worst answer is to have no answer and just to kind of um, be an auto and like um, just just go automatically forward. You know, just keep moving forward and basically ignore what that Sunday is and have no real plans for how to deal with it because either you're having service and it's going to be different than usual because of a different, different amount of people um, either more or less depending upon your community or you're going to cancel service and you need to do something in place of it you shouldn't just cancel church because of the calendar um, but I think also too you need to do what's best for your people if your people need a break you need to give them a break if if you know that you're only going to have like 25 people at, at service maybe you don't you know um you don't you don't overextend yourself maybe you, you know, move service into your if you have a smaller space you say hey this sunday if you're gonna come out we'll be in a smaller room because i know we'll have about 25 30 people we'll be over here we'll have um uh acapella worship or we'll sing to a cd and then we'll have a small devotional and we'll all go home you know, you need to, you need to you know develop a solution that's healthiest for your for yourself as a pastor or a leader and your church absolutely and let the guilt and shame 
stay far outside of the church. Don't shame your congregation. Don't shame your volunteers. That helps nobody. That doesn't promote the gospel. So leave that far away from your entire service. I don't want to see a single church sign that says, yes, we will be having service on Christmas as a because um, we're the real church. You know, don't, don't do that. Right. Because I've seen many churches who have services on days when others cancel, and it's only because they have no idea what else to do. They've, uh, they've, uh, they've isolated themselves from their families, and all they have is their, their hour and a half window on Sunday mornings. I could get into all that, but I know you could. I I, I said that, and then I almost gasped and thought, "No way!" I have I poked the bear. <laughs> I'm gonna just leave that alone. So, what is your church doing this Christmas? What are you? What are they going to be doing? And what are you actually intending to do, irregardless of what they do? Yeah, please, please let us know on uh, on Twitter and uh, on the, the episode page, and we will share some of those ideas to the, the rest of the uh, audience in the coming weeks. Let's share our collective knowledge here, listeners. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag. You'll find a link on the main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's churchmag, churchm.ag. And while you're hanging out on Church Mag, send us a message and subscribe to the Church Mag Podcast so you can receive an early release for the show every Friday. Until next week. You want to yep. do the intro? Or you want me to do the intro? You're the talent. I don't know that, that that's true or not, but let's, we'll go for it. All right, whenever you're ready, you good? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on Buzzsprout.com. We did a podcast without Eric, yay. Yeah, and it was only slightly below par. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a lot below par. Yeah, we're we're rounding out, we're gritting on a curve.